0: Shine twenty nineteen is here. There are two thousand homes around Fane Street that have had invitations to be welcomed and included. And this is a fantastic opportunity to join in a week that many of us are really excited about. Tomorrow morning, 845 team gather here. the four things they've checked off on their list at least will be by then, arriving on time, setting up here. If anybody can help set up afterwards, you're, you're welcome to join that. But uh, there's so much that's arranged this week that uh, Sarah and Mark have put together for the kids' program and so much more for, for everyone. Hannah and the team are ready for tots. Alison and Ruth have been helping us reach out to adults, and that's going to be running all through this week with games, coffee, craft, a community choir there's going to be uh, Pilates, English classes, an international meal. Shine Youth under Johnny's leadership are going to be having an entertaining time as well as encouraging teens to look at Jesus and how he changes lives. Uh, Stephen Ashfield you've heard from him how people with skills and a heart to serve are going to be going into this community and demonstrating that. Dorothy's going to lead us in intercession. Others are going to be catering for us. But another big message about Shine is that it is not a one-week wonder. This is far more than just seven days starting now. It's about following God's mission to redeem the world. It's about... Far more than just what's happening right here. So the question I have for me, for the team, and for everyone here is, how has following God's mission shaped you? Are we ready for all that God is going to do? And that's what I want to think about this morning. It's 50 years ago, isn't it? since the moon landing. I'm sure many of you have watched uh, replays of that famous moment, One Small Step for Man, and it's shaped us. Documentaries, newspapers have been full of facts about how the moon landing directly affects our lives ever since. I remember it. I remember thinking as an eight-year-old, that's not possible. How can that happen? But I I saw the evidence when it came to paper-made pens. Do you remember the pens that were going to pump ink to the nib, even upside down, Teflon saucepans? There's lots of ways in which apparently the moon landing has shaped us. Apparently life has been uh, shaped because of digital imaging process technology that was developed by NASA and is now used in life-saving techniques such as CAT scans and MRIs. But my question to you is how has God's mission shaped your life? How has God's mission to redeem humanity shaped you? Charles Spurgeon made a comment. He said, Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Is that true? Well, I'm going to look at the four commissions of Jesus and ask, what does it mean to be following him in mission? And there's lots of debate about what a missionary is and what it means to be on mission. Here's a response from one thinker. Precision in language is not as important as, a, as an emphasis on being sent. So it seems to me when everyone, that everyone should agree with what Charles Spurgeon meant when he said every Christian is either a missionary or imposter. He was saying we're all sent by Jesus and called to live in the light of that sending. Christians are called to live on mission. So there's uh, four sermons and one I'm going to rattle through all four. You're maybe already thinking about which they are. Starting with the very first one, which is about sending And those are the four commissions of Jesus. In John 20 and 21, we hear about sending because the church is a sent people. Jesus said to them, speaking to his disciples, peace be with you. There they were in that upper room, fearful. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And just as he speaks to his disciples here, at this moment, his command also applies to us. Jesus is both the sent one and the sender of his people. And so the church, as the body of Christ, is both a sent people and sending people. As the Father has sent me, I send you. And God demonstrates that right throughout the Old Testament when he sends Abraham to be a blessing to the nations, when he sends Jonah to Nineveh, when he sends and says, who will I send in Isaiah chapter 6? Who should I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah said, here am I, send me. There's so much that could be said about God's sending. I don't want to miss the biblical theme of being sent because I believe it applies to every single person here. It defines so much about who God is, what he's doing, and who we are. Let me give you one example. Paul says when he was writing to the Corinthians, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Ambassadors are how Paul describes us as church. And therefore, this church is the initial contact point for the kingdom of God as God's people are scattered across humanity. Paul says we're sent for this purpose as ambassadors, and churches are like embassies in places where we live as aliens and strangers. And we don't plead with people from long distance. We're not sending messages halfway around the world. We plead with them up close and personal. We build relationships with them, both inside and outside the embassy, We're here to serve and build relationships with others, to share the truths of the gospel with them. And this is the nature of God's kingdom. So how do we do that? As many of you have done, we live our lives intentionally. We marvel that we have encountered this good, perfect, holy, loving, merciful God And we're accountable to Jesus' commands. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. (laughs) Ambassadors are sent for the purpose of establishing contact and friendship and goodwill and relationships for working together. There's plenty of controversy recently over Sir Nigel Kim Dorick's role as the UK ambassador in the States. His job has been to meet people in that country and be a point of contact for the UK. And we too may be caught between very different worlds and face criticism. But we need to live as those who are sent here and now. And at the end of the day, every believer has to listen to these words of Jesus. As the Father has sent me, I send you. And the only rightful, appropriate response this morning to that commission is, here am I, send me. The second commission of Jesus is often called the Great Commission. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. And the phrase to all nations is telling us where we are sent to. That's the focus for sent people. Why did so many of Jesus' disciples travel so far? Paul says, I strongly desired for many years to come to you whenever I travel to Spain. That might be your ambition too. Lots of us want to travel to Spain. We've got some people who have traveled from Spain to be here. But you see that in Andrew, he went north to parts of Europe. Thomas probably traveled as far as India. We're not absolutely sure from Scripture, but there's lots of evidence for it. And Jesus' traveled, Jesus' disciples traveled all around the world. And why was that? Why were they going to those different places when they heard these words of Jesus? What caused them to think about all the nations that moved them to go far and preach to as many as possible? This was a pivotal moment. It was a moment of change Because Jesus actually reversed the mission in that he changed its direction. In the Old Testament, Isaiah was called to live in such a way that the nations would come to Jerusalem. There's a wonderful phrase in Isaiah 2 3 highlighting the mission of God in the Old Testament where he prophesies, and many peoples will come and say, Come, let's go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God, to Jacob. He will teach us about his ways so that we may walk in his paths. And previous verse says, all nations will stream into it. And in the New Testament, we find Jesus sending his disciples to the nations for God's glory. And the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 11, sees where that movement ends. It's a fantastic, glorious vision after that I looked and saw a great multitude from every nation, tribe, people and language that no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in his hand and they called out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And that passage reminds us that the throne room is surrounded by men and women, children from every tongue, tribe, nation, all praising the Lamb in those different languages, bringing the glory of the nations into the kingdom of heaven. And God, through his Holy Spirit, brought all nations and languages, or many of them, into Jerusalem, on the day of Pentecost to inaugurate his mission. And Pentecost wasn't just the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on his disciples. Pentecost was a sign that God redirects his mission. It went out from Jerusalem, not through political might or warring nations, but through the proclamation of faithful churches as a tool for his subversive kingdom and so we hear those words and recognize god's going to be praised by men and women from every nation some of them living in this area and god wants our church to go and dwell in the uttermost parts and join in his mission there are over apparently how depending on how you read it over six thousand unreached people groups and three thousand of those are unengaged and beyond the reach of hearing the good news and many of us can't avoid the nations right next door to us here in belfast and that's why this week includes an international lunch i'm looking forward to on wednesday english language classes And of course this brings challenges. We live in a world where political leaders build their reputation on being tough with people who are not ethnically from our tribe. And you hear all the slogans of go back home. That's not the message that Jesus has for us. The movement of nations is a controversial one because it's on a massive scale. But God is doing something new as he reverses mission and brings people from every nation to our city. They're on the move. We can reach them without even getting on a plane. We do need to send more people overseas. We need to preach the gospel and make disciples right here where the nations are. And they are expecting us, at least 2,000 homes in this district, wondering, What is this next week called? Just think about it. At some point, somebody brought the gospel to you. You might remember where it was. Now we are, in New Testament terms, the uttermost ends of the earth. doesn't feel that way, but we are. Some people try to spiritualize the Acts 1 language, model and say well you know this is my jerusalem i'm already in jerusalem god's intending me to reach these people and and christians i believe need a heart for the nations because god has a heart for the nations but the truth is you don't really live in jerusalem that's not your privilege jerusalem is a city in asia jerusalem didn't move to belfast Someone announced the gospel to you so that you might announce the gospel to others at the uttermost parts of the earth. So let's not allow our church to be a cul-de-sac off the Great Commission highway. It is a message to the nations. And what is that message? The third commission of Jesus is at the end of Luke, where he said, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You're witnesses of these things. So we see who Jesus sends. It's every one of us who call him Lord. Where we go, to every nation, tribe, people and language, and this reminds us of what our message is. When I was a student, I attended a church outside Hartford. And uh, they were so kind. And the message they sent to their village was, you're muddling along in life. We're muddling along here in church. Why don't you come and join us and we'll all muddle together? They were working at building relationships. But however much we work at building relationships, the center of the gospel is a message of repentance. And ultimately, the gospel is about a bloody cross and an empty tomb. And that's a remarkable, revolutionary message. And we're sent to the nations with that message. It's one of repentance and forgiveness of sins. Do you ever go somewhere and forget why you went in the first place? It's easy to be sent and forget why we're being sent. And this week, we're being sent and we're going with all sorts of great creative ideas and methods. But let's not forget the message that we're sent with. It doesn't matter whether we sing Be thou my vision or shine from the inside out. It doesn't matter whether we wear a suit or shorts, whether we have a bun or a bald head. Those things are really immaterial. What does matter is if we miss a message of repentance that's necessary for reconciliation, we've missed the point. And a, gospel that focuses, a church that focuses on the gospel goes beyond differences in style. I want to have a discerning approach because we're driven by mission and we're concerned about getting the message clear. So let's hold our models loosely and the gospel firmly. Let's get this message clear and be gracious and loving as the gospel spreads. And let's engage Belfast with this message and celebrate others who do so as well. Let's not worry about how we're doing it, but let's be passionate about doing it and getting the message across. I believe this passage in Luke helps us do gospel proclamation and gospel demonstration. The message is the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed and it helps us to serve the hurting. I wonder how many of those 2,000 homes are homes where there's hurting. The church, scattered, can't help but care for people. And there's going to be people coming through these doors who are carrying heavy burdens this week. We need more engagement, not less, with the poor, the widow, the orphan, the hurting. And Jesus' ministry is linked to serving the hurting and demonstrating that to us. So it's a message that we're given. that We need to clearly proclaim We need to do justice, but it's not complete if we don't preach Jesus. And we can't preach Jesus and not do justice. We need to live sent to the nations with a very clear message. And the last of these four commissions is not in the Gospels, but it's in Acts. And here we find the final commission of Jesus It comes as the disciples want to know the timing of God's plan. And he gives them something entirely different. He says, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father sent by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And maybe at this point, you have a bit of a nagging concern. We've talked about living sent. So we need to be people who stop being spiritual consumers and become missionary co-workers. And that shift is a tall order. You could be saying, well, we started with John 21. We're supposed to live sent lives every day. And we've got to go to all the nations because the Great Commission can't be understood apart from God sending people across boundaries to every nations. How are we going to do this? And the answer is we can't. But we can remember these words of Jesus. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. You can't accomplish these things in your own power and strength. It's the posture of mission that is sinless, but it's the promise of mission that is power from the Holy Spirit. So maybe you've been filling out the forms and signing up and saying, yeah, I'm ready to be sent. Or maybe you've been listening this morning and thinking, okay, well, this includes me too. I'm on board. But just wondering, how is that going to happen? You might not be able to persuade anyone this week that you have a life-changing message for them. But one thing you can do today is to say, here am I. Send me. Spirit, empower me. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He empowers us to live as sent people for the nations and for his glory. For the nations who are our neighbors as well as those who live in countries around the world. We're nearly done. John Wesley said, Give me one hundred preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not a straw whether they be clergymen or laymen, such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of earth of heaven on earth. So as we heard, there are one hundred people involved in shine plus maybe another hundred or more who are here this morning. And as we finish and prepare to go into the week, I'm going to invite you to say, Here am I. There's a prayer on the screen that I'm going to invite you to join me in saying together. I'll read it through, and then I'm going to ask those who are involved in shine to stand so that we see who they are. And as they remain standing, I'm going to ask everybody to stand, because this applies to every person here. And if you will, join me in saying this together a second time. Okay, so I'll read it. Get Shine people to stand. In fact, if you're involved in Shine, stand now as we read it, because you've already made this commitment in some ways. There's maybe a few who are catching up on sleep before tomorrow morning starts, but uh, listen to these words. Hear, my Lord, send me. Cause me to live as an agent of your mission, to partner with others, to spread your gospel to the nations because we love the nations. Cause me to proclaim the gospel of repentance so that men and women might hear it all over the globe, By the power of your spirit. Would all of us please stand together. And if you would like to make this commitment. Then. Make this your prayer. We're going to sing. And then a final word of commission before we go. So here I am. Lord. Send me join together cause me to live as an agent of your mission to partner with others to spread your gospel to the nations because we love the nations cause me to proclaim the gospel of repentance so that men and women might hear it all over the globe by the power of your spirit